I can't wait for this. You're gonna love it. When did you first fall in love with metal? I went to this record store and I was going to get the new Journey album and there was like an older kid there and he's like, don't get that man, get this. And he gave me the Ozzy Osbourne Blizzard of Oz. Where else can these kids go where they come somewhere and they all feel a sense of, you know, this is our thing, you know? Let me tell you something about Slayer fans. They look like the extras from Lord of the Rings. They came out of nowhere under the ground. The, the passion and the darkness, the evil of the music. You know what marriage is like? Marriage is like, you ever go to a concert and you see a mosh pit, and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna go get in that mosh pit. But then once you get in it, you're like, Oof, I do not want to be in this mosh pit. Good win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah, God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Summertime Podcast. Uh, this is Eric. This is a, uh, an interesting episode. Uh, I did one of these once before. Basically, it's an outtakes episode, as you may or may not know. When we record, we are not putting that material out live. So basically what happens, we record, and then I edit. takes a couple days, and then a few days later, it gets posted online. So in that time which we're recording, there is a lot of discussion about separate things, sometimes off-topic. Uh, that is still saved. It's just not used for the podcast. So this episode is going to focus on a lot of those conversations that we had that maybe didn't fit into the episode that we were discussing at the time, but uh, I did want to get out there for you guys to hear. So uh, before I get started here, again, somewhereintimepodcast.com is where you go to find everything related to our podcast, Um, our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all the links to those sites are on that website. So you can find us there. Um, be sure to follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, especially, um, we need more followers on YouTube. I'd like to get that custom URL. So, um, yeah, check us out there. Uh, in the meantime, let's get started. So these clips are going to be from the year 2020, uh, as we were discussing albums from 1990. Uh, and this first clip is pretty early on. I think it was around April. Uh, and this is when we had our friend Tom on and we were discussing Gwar and Pantera. And in this clip, um, Tom tells us about what he's drinking. So here you go. You drinking a black tooth? Actually, I am drinking my uh, my quarantine mask, and I'm drinking a, a quarantini. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Is that Clorox? That's what I said. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, vodka and Clorox. It's a quarantini. Well, then you're not going to get the virus. You're, you're, I know. You're it's great. Go. I never thought it would taste that good, but, you know, it tastes better than, you know, the second one goes down a lot easier than the first one. <laughs> yes. You just spray it with Lysol? Is it rimmed with Lysol? Like- of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Is Lysol in it in uh, Lysol on the outside and, you know, some, some bleach? Um, one part bleach, one part vodka. Nice. <laughs> Wait, is that a vodka martini or is it a... It it is a it is a it's a moderate. I mean, I mean, what do you think? It's vodka. Okay, it's a squeeze, a squeeze bottle of vodka. <laughs> then no, no. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, some good stuff comes out of the squeeze bottle. It's uh, it's Smirnoff. Dude. You know, even sell that stuff in glass uh, bottles, Joe. You dick. <laughs> Smirnoff. 
true top shelf liquor. It is actually. I did buy it from the top shelf of the aisle that it was on. <laughs> top shelf of the plastic liquor bottles. <laughs> hey, it was next to the glass one. Shmirnoff sells glass. Uh, it sells glass as well. I can't do vodka. I had a really bad experience with vodka a long time ago, but ever since then, I'm like, I just smell it and I get sick. I'm like, nope, I'm not touching it. Hmm. Well, I've do you not drink hard liquor at all then? Because, um, no, I, I like bourbon. I get back I, on those whores. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, so everybody has a, a tequila story. I've never heard anyone that has a vodka story. I mean, obviously, I've done dumb shit on vodka, but I'll still drink it's the next nothing. I've, I've, been, I've, I've drank tequila before and never, ever once wanted to touch it again. So It wasn't even a, like, it, I, I, I didn't do anything stupid. I just got really, really drunk, and I felt I drank, I terrible for, like, all weekend. So. Liquor there is once at some point in my life, and I've kind of gone back to all of them. It's, I didn't, yeah, I think I got the, the most sick I've ever gotten, though, drinking vodka. Like, I was, I was puking the next day all day, and just felt like, like nope. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you got to give it a try again. I mean, it's, it's uh. I mean, there's I nothing mean, in it. It's, it's just it's just alcohol. They have better. Yeah, I mean, I'll do. I, you know, my wife made a drink the other night and I had vodka in, and I had I had a little bit of it. It's not like I won't ever drink the stuff again. It's just if I'm gonna like, drink hard liquor, it'll be like bourbon or rum or something like that. Not it's a totally different uh, mood, though. Dark, dark vodka because I like the uh, you know the brown liquors, basically. Yeah, I agree, man. Brown, brown stuff is not for me. Yeah. All right. So this next clip comes from uh, May of 2020. When we were discussing um, Anthrax, Public Enemy, and Sisters of Mercy, and in this clip, um, Keith <laughs> Keith is going to remind us why he feels rap rock is so terrible. So enjoy this clip. So, in other words, just to play back, <laughs> this band, Sisters of Mercy, toured with a band called Public Enemy. Yeah, it turns that. out yeah. was. Very big influence on a certain member of a band called Anthrax. A couple members. That yeah. guy yeah. was Scott Ian. Well, all right, fine. Charlie, but Charlie, Charlie might have liked him too. But Scott yeah. is the reason I think that they ended up um, doing "Bring the Noise" with him. Yeah, which ended yeah. up causing a lot of white people to think that they could rap. <laughs> There are lots of white people who can rap. There are at least three. like corn, <laughs> corn man. He's calling us the birth of corn. I know, I know. So uh, yeah, I know. You're you're saying that that was the birth of rap rock, which I don't yeah, think probably so. Corn has any rap songs. Oh, they. That's not rap though. No, that's something else. That's like some kind of metal. Weird. Yeah, like no, that's. What you should call that is scat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that. That's, metal scat. That's metal scat, but yeah, it isn't. It's rap rock because it should be enveloped into corn hat. Corn had a couple rap songs. Yeah, I guess ever existed. On, they, you on, didn't um, like when he did that, Keith. I never liked corn. Not a single song. No. Oh my God! Are you crazy? You gotta play this guy. I mean, I, I still remember I know. I, like, <laughs> in the mid '90s. In the mid '90s, the other Dude. guy in the show with us, Joe, uh, was just started playing this? all the corn and all the limp biscuit, and I ended up going, buy, like, going out and about buying <laughs> one album. One biscuit, <laughs> three dollar bill, y'all. Okay. And um, 
That was the end of that. And this is garbage. No, this is amazing. What's going on? <laughs> see, you walk away for two minutes, see what happens. What did I walk into? That. Keith doesn't like corn? Is that the problem? Correct, yeah. We talked about, so we, we were trying to do the transition from <laughs> Sisters of Mercy, who toured with Public Enemy, and Public Enemy was a big, uh, you know, there were, there were fans of that band and Anthrax. So, and then Anthrax did a song with Public Enemy, which turned into, which was kind of the birth of rap rock, is what Keith was saying, essentially. And then he said, birth of rap rock, like bands like Corn, which I don't know. Corn, Although, rock. I'm Corn. the man was. Corn didn't do rap rock. Did they, their rap Corn rock was when they had rock. the guy from Want the no. Biscuit on that. They were the ones that started it. Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> He's being antagonistic. He's not. He's really drunk. I'm sorry that what you like is shit, utter shit. Why would you be sorry? What I, you guys are. Why are smart. you sorry? What I like? This shouldn't affect you at all. Okay, so in this next clip, Joe talks about how he's recently reconnected with one of his um, high school teachers, and we start reminiscing on our experiences in high school and how those went. <laughs> so, enjoy this clip. Did I talk? I don't know. Maybe this will be like an outtakes part two thing or something. But have I talked about to you guys about how like in high school, like I don't have memory of a lot of my school. Have we discussed this? I don't either. Well, what do you mean? Okay. So, so I've uh, over the last few months become good friends again with one of my high school teachers. So uh, she, um, was obviously an adult when I was so I I reconnected with her on Facebook and and another teacher from Woodson and uh, I kind of like talked to them a little and then um, and but I I'm I'm, I've kind of become good friends with with Katie again but she's constantly like she's like do you remember so-and-so and this and that and then so and so and this teacher and this student and I'm like the more she asked me, I'm like, I don't fucking remember any of this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think back and I'm like, and even I've been, I was dating this uh, school teacher who's, um, you know, she's like, like everything's school with her. And I'm like, and I'm talking to her. I'm like, I don't, I have no fucking good memory of school. Yeah. And, and it's like, I didn't do, I didn't do drugs. Like I just, <laughs> yeah, I all I fucking cared about was not being at school. Yes. Yeah. I just wanted to listen to music or play yeah. video games or anything. I just, I fucking hated a school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You blocked it out of your memory. Yeah. yeah. And, and I have nothing. I have like, it's pieces. like a void. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Little I know pieces, people yeah. from school, like and no memories of school, but not, yeah. But, but like, I couldn't tell you teachers. No teachers, no or no. teachers. No. I, I have no fucking clue. Nope. No, I remember like two of my teachers. And that's yeah, it. old Jack, oh. Miss Amaker. Uh, I had her for English. Yeah. Joe. <laughs> well, yeah, of course you remember your friends, but like they're right. Yeah, like your third. I don't know, third period teacher in Katie, tenth grade. She's like, and I remember, I, I remember her because I because obviously I liked her as a teacher, but. She's like, do you remember, remember Mr. So-and-so and Mrs. So-and-so? I'm like, 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, know. I, know. I have the same exact thing. And she's like, you were so chill. You were, you, you were so cool around these kids who were awful. I'm like, that's because I, in my mind, I wasn't there. Yeah. Like, I just yeah. wanted to fucking. Because I had to- headphones in at all times, listening to music, not <laughs> yeah. paying attention to anybody else. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yep. right. Yep. When can I go home? Yeah. That's all I cared about. Yeah. I want to get home. I want to play video games. I want to listen to music. I, I had a calendar. Anything but be here. I would cross I mean, when you're days. When you're literally looking at the clock, counting the seconds. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Yep. We're like, now we're like 90 seconds away. Yep. This is great. Like, this is the longest six minutes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I had a calendar. I'd like, I cross off the days until the last day of school. I'm like, yeah. oh, 29 yeah. days. 28 days. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're going to jump forward a little bit. Um, This next clip comes from a more recent episode when we were talking about Iron Maiden live albums. And we had our friend Chris DiCiara on the show. And in this clip, we talk about some Maiden B-sides, specifically uh, Cross-Eyed Mary and uh, a funny little clip on one of their B-sides called Mission from Airy. So take a listen. Enjoy. Well, you know the whole story about the uh, Mission from Airy. You know, the that besides the two, two Minutes to Midnight, the argument that they recorded? The which one? The argument that they recorded? Minish, mission from Ari? No. <gasps> All right, let's hear this. <laughs> yeah. No, Story it's time with Chris. It's way too long. Oh, I'll tell you, yeah. All right, so after this, you have to listen to the B-side of the Two Minutes to Midnight single. It's called Mission from Ari, which is Steve Harris. Right, Ari. Yeah. So... The story is Nickel used to do a drum solo. And I think this was a, a power slave, obviously. And um, during his drum solo, one of Steve's techs was trying to get Nickel's attention because Steve's rig was all fucked up. And he was trying to, Steve had his tech relay the message to extend the drum solo till his shit got uh, worked out. So Nico's playing and this guy is, he doesn't even know who the fuck this guy is. And he's trying to talk to him during his guitar solo, uh, his drum solo. And it's fucking Nico up big time. (laughs) So they have a massive argument after the show. And Bruce secretly records it (laughs) of course he did and because bruce records it he's egging this on this sounds familiar (laughs) i may have heard this throughout this argument yeah he's egging this on and it's it's like maybe 10 minutes long maybe not 10 minutes but it's around there it's like that long it's a b-side to two minutes of midnight it's a fucking (laughs) argument on tape (laughs) and at the very end of it nico discovers it and goes some cunts recording this <laughs> and it shuts off. <laughs> I, I used to have that argument memorized. That's oh my God, like, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like a 14-year-old kid. It was like it was like the greatest thing I've ever heard. Like you never hear that. And because there's so much funny shit that they say, like just terms that like Nico would say, like, fuck my old boots. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and they're arguing about like Who's the cunt? He's not the cunt. You're the cunt. <laughs> and they just keep going. It's like, oh my god, this is shit that you've never heard before. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. So yeah, it's classic. Definitely you got to listen to it. That. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I didn't know about that. Oh, by the way, I can I just add that you got to listen to that B side, the mission from Ari. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Two minutes to midnight, and the version of uh, Cross-eyed Mary, the Jethro Tull song. Oh, that's great. Oh yeah. It's a, oh so good. Bruce Bruce's best performance, I think. That's a great like on cover. a studio. Like, Are you serious? Unbelievable. What? His what vocal performance I, is amazing. I kind of. What? I mean, I don't know that I would Cross-eyed say Mary. that. Cross-eyed Mary. Holy crap! Mm-hmm. I Cross-eyed love Mary? hearing their version. Where is that? that? Yes. There's a B side. It was on a couple B sides to like the Trooper. It was also or, the Aces um, High maxi single. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. All right. Cool. It's in that. All um, that stuff is in that Iron Maiden. That coffin set, all yeah. the B sides are in that. You can find it. The you can find 85. it. Yep, I'm yeah, looking for the, that. Those B sides, by the, the way, uh, are amazing on that. Have you uh, seen Between Two album. Ferns, where it's um, Zach talking to Benedict Cumberbatch? No, I haven't I'm seen sh- that one. I'm sure I've seen it. I think I've seen all of those. <laughs> <laughs> one of his questions is how come Cunt is so much. Better in England, like, yeah. how come he's basically like, <laughs> they say it all the how time. Come, how come doesn't mean as much to you guys? I mean, he's trying to like yeah. weave himself out when he hits cunt and he keeps fucking it up. It's like, cunt, <laughs> like oh, God damn it, yep, they say it all the time. I think, it's, I think it's the best word. We need to say it more, then it'll be commonplace. That's yeah. right. Don't, don't, don't listen to your women, they're foolish. Just <laughs> stop being a cunt, it's, it's, the word's okay. <laughs> You're not the Don't cunt. God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. Fuck my old boots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this next clip comes from the episode we did about the album Rust in Peace and features our friend Justin Hasler. Um, in this clip, we discuss um, basically how the remaster of Rust in Peace kind of pointed out to Justin how he doesn't want a remaster of Injustice for All Ever. So uh, enjoy this clip. When this album got remastered, I learned like this valuable lesson about what I want out of an album getting remastered. <laughs> that like people wanted Injustice for All remastered with bass. Yeah. yeah. I don't want them to touch anything because because of what happened to this freaking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. why is that? Why would that uh, why, why wouldn't you want Injustice? Have base because they could fuck it up so as badly as this remaster is. But if right. if all they did was <laughs> what if all they did was add more bass into the hey, next, hey, hey. and that's not his that's that, not his that, argument. His no. argument isn't that well, no. you know no 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 no. no. Yeah, no he, if, I, 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 that's a good point. If you could just put bass in there, from what I understand between James's guitar and Jason's bass, that Jason's bass tone on that album was super distorted and almost at the level of a guitar. So if you brought that bass up, there's a good chance you'll have the same problem that Rustin, that uh, Holy Wars has, where him hitting the bass is not as perfectly in time with James on that on those tracks. So if it's not, then you could lose like the punch of all the hits, like in the intro or anywhere. You know what I mean? Hmm. I like, mean, I, no, I, I want to hear. I want to hear the band playing the song as the band should be heard. I've, I've heard live. I've heard their stuff live from yeah, that tour it's and it, it, it sounds better. Like the Seattle DVD when it came out or the VHS, it sounds way better with bass guitar in there. So I think but I'm, I'm afraid you'll be disappointed if you hear what J- Jason's bass sound sounded like on that album, because it sounds like James's guitar so much that that's why it's drowned out by it. The tone of it is so 
guitar-like and not bass-like. And you can hear it on the audition tapes on Master of Puppets box set, like but what his tone was at the time. Did his tone change for the live? Uh, it changed shows? all throughout, especially by the time Black Album came along. It was totally different. Well, no, but, I get that. But, but I, mean, I, know it, I know what you're saying. But yeah, it changed all throughout. I know it wasn't the same live. Also, you know, I'm going to say I would, I would like to hear with the bass because if, if it sucks, for, I, I still have the original album to go to. For yeah. <laughs> sake, you want to hear, you want to know, right? That's what I would want. Put it as a bonus track in the box set. Like a few yeah. of the well, Do it that way. we're getting we're getting we're getting like on a tangent of a tangent here. But I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask Eric and Tim like when I I re- recorded the uh, Disposable Heroes mm-hmm. like I, yeah like I'm 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 not I'm trying to do what I think Cliff Burton was doing on the song and I'm not even we're close. But did it sound meatier and, and better with a bass guitar in there? It is. I, oh I, yeah, I, yeah, it's I nice like hearing to hear the bass. It. I so, know what Justin's saying too. That there's always these stories about the the frequency of his bass was like the same as James, and it became like this yes, battle. And, yeah, it's like a fizzy bass. Like a yeah. Uh, huh. I didn't we, I didn't realize he was distorting it because I didn't think he was a big also, distortion bass player. He was also. Um, they layered so many of James's guitar tracks, sixteen of them, that you're not missing any bass frequencies because there's so many of them coming from the guitar that there's definitely bass. But, <laughs> but you are like, you can say that, but you're, you're missing. It's not the same. The, it's not the, the same instruments missing. I know it's not the same octave. It's not, it's different. So there's it sound. It sounds like, like I said, what on the last or two episodes ago, it sounds like a dentist office. Do you think <laughs> sterile? <laughs> do you think that justice sounds thin? We're getting way off yeah. the Russell people. We are, but it, that's fun. Like this is fun because you, you weren't you weren't here to talk about that album with us when we we discussed it. Yeah. I just yeah, I think it. I think the album sounds like it's completely missing bass guitar, and I think the, the drums. I think the are, snare like and the cymbal sound flat. flat. You feel like it's missing a bass, like it's not thick. Yeah, because I think it's like the thickest they ever sounded. I think the the guitars sound yeah. thick. Yeah, but I think the but I think so the, they, they, that that album is. It, everything else is at the mercy of the guitar sound on that album, even except, including the vocals, except the bass drum. Bass player that sucks. Bass drum. I think the bass drums. I think they're too. I think there's too much treble in the bass drum. You hear the you hear the pop, but you, there's there could be more boom to it even. Okay. I mean, everybody's gonna agree that that album's all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love weird. to hear. I would love to hear anyone try to redo that album. And it, like if if they put out the tracks, it's it's to like crowdsource and say here, you guys you can, mix this fucking shit and they you, you can do better. Back apparently they're all destroyed. They don't have the original tapes like that. I thought do. they owned them. All. Aren't there Guitar Hero remixes of like Blackened? They, they were together. Yeah, but I I don't know if that's a new bass player that recorded over it or what. Oh yeah, the stems for Harvester are on Guitar Hero, but yeah, I don't even know if that's a new bass player or what. I don't know. The guy, the guy who made the album, came out and said that the things were held together with scotch tape. Yeah, that's, that that's right. That there was like no way he could, they could ever piece it back together again. Uh, anyway, so that's a shame because I would like to hear it, but I don't want them to replace the album like this. I don't even know where to go find the original anymore. I'm sure it's out there, but I, I never tried. I can send it but to you. I want it. Can, uh, I have it right here if you want it. <laughs> Oh, the rest in peace. Yeah, we're talking about okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, why isn't it still available on on internet. Like, 
I found it on YouTube. That's how I got it. Yeah. Is it not? Is it not on? Uh, I didn't even look on Apple Music. It's not on Spotify. Because I've already got it. It's no. not. I know it's not on Spotify. No shit. Because it's considered no. a remaster and not a remix. It like overwrote the original yeah. as far no as shit. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. So I used to down. They had shortly after this this album uh, greatest hit, greatest hits album called Capital Punishment came out, and yeah. right now that's my only uh, source of the original Holy Wars is that Capital Punishment. Oh, wow. yeah. You can always go to Discogs to find anything you ever want. That's true. Yeah, That's but it'll true. be on CD, and I don't, I don't do that crap anymore. Or butt trumpet. I mean, you can, you can put it, you can I'm sure I have to it. CD downstairs, but I'm too lazy to go do that. Okay. I want to oh. find it and buy it. <laughs> no, I, you know what I mean. Like well, you can't, you shouldn't just replace the original album. Okay, so this next clip comes from our episode where we discussed the 1970 album by Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin Three. And it features our friend Eric Josephson from the band He Wolf. And uh, in this clip, we basically discussed the song Gallows Pole. It just didn't make the cut for the final episode. It was a very long episode, so I had to cut a few things out. But um, this clip kind of talks about the instrumentation and musicianship of the song Gallows Pole. So here you What do we like best about the drums here, everyone? What makes this so cool? Have you thought about it? Yeah, it's more Tom. Well, it's all like a, yeah, it's all a snare, snare drum. Yeah, there's no the snares on the one. Yeah, oh, no, snares no. on the one. The snares on the one. Yeah. It sounds totally different than every other rock song you ever hear. It's a one in a three, but. Yeah, that's that's the thing with 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 Zeppelin. They always have kind of weird time signature things going on. But. Yeah, but what other song? Could, I, nothing I can think of is a is a one and three snare beat mm-hmm. in, in any kind of rock song. Yeah. I'm sure there must yeah. be at least. And I wonder one why. More. I don't know if the original "Spill the Blood" by Slayer is it. Really? Yeah, in the verse, snare drum is you walk. Uh, you know. Come walk with me to. It's all. It's right. Yeah, you're right. Slightly less catchy than this song, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's times where it'll go back and forth too. Like Metallica does that sometimes. Yeah, Lars loves doing that. But the end of but this this song is specifically like one three to the end, and it gives it like this urgent feel at the end. You know what else does that? The end of Beef Expunger. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a back and yeah. forth. Yeah, you know, it's like we, when I think that's when like I, we don't have a new riff. We're gonna make it sound different by playing the drums. You know, yeah, I mean, when I think of the drummers, you know, you know, uh, Bonham, you know, you got uh, Lombardo, Lombardo, and, uh, Ford. <laughs> I don't even remember who was the drummer in Guar. Oh. Brad. All right. Hmm? Who? Brad. Who was it? Brad. 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 Yeah. I don't know the what was his what was his stage name. What's though? his real name though? It, oh his God. real name's Brad. No, uh, no, no. wait. His he's Jismac, like, the Jaws of uh, uh, Jismac. Jismac yeah, the yeah, Gusher. Yeah, Jis, not, the Gush, the Gush, the Gusher. The Gusher. There you go. Yeah, Brad. Brad Roberts. Ballsack is no, the drummer. No, no, that death. ruins it. Oh, I'm sorry. Not on the it's first not Brad album. Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> on the first it's album, the wrestlers. It's like using a wrestler's real name. Like you looking at Tim? The first album. The first Quar album. Hello. It's Nippolis Erectus. You probably can't see that. 
<laughs> oh my god. That's hilarious. Nicholas yeah, anyway. Erectus. Yeah. John Bonham, Nicholas Erectus. <laughs> hand in hand. Yeah. The influence. Also, um, you, can, you can hear it. You can hear it in all of the down. <laughs> right. Also, Gallows Pole has a banjo, which is one yes. of the most. Yeah, and a mandolin. Yeah. I mean, it's. The mandolin, I think, is the more prominent prob- yeah, it, string it, instrument. But, played I by mean, John Bonham. But I think the mandolin I mean, gets uh, used a John few Paul times. Jones, Doesn't the mandolin get brought back in for like some of the stuff at the end of the album? But I, it's still the instrumentation is is I'd have to say one of the biggest uh, fingerprints of of uh, Page. That, that mm-hmm. he just I mean what he does is more orchestration than it is just you know coming up with you know rock tunes. You know, yeah. I'd say that that is the, the the biggest quality that you know lends to him to be more than just a, a rock icon. He's he's a, an actual musician. He knows what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> okay, so this next clip comes from the episode um, where we discussed an album from 1970, an album from 1980, and an album from 1990. And the 1970 album was Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath. So this is a little bit of extra Black Sabbath talk, um, talking about their one of their singers, Tony Martin, I guess. And um, Joe has some insight about um, the album 13, which was their last album. So, there you go. Maybe even until we started listening to the albums for this podcast, I've always considered myself a Black Sabbath fan, but it was the, like the first six albums, mm. maybe maybe five albums, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but now I'm, I'm like, this is, even though I've heard the album before and a bunch of these songs, um, I'm, I'm, I'm able to appreciate the Dio Sabbath a lot better. And and I get that it's not it's not the same thing, um, because that original Sabbath lineup is so there's so many classic songs in there, and they had their own sound and their heaviness. Right. That that's it changes with Dio a, a great deal. They're not they don't have the they have some of the heavy chunky riffs, but it's not the same at all. Um, right. Like you listen to Caius, and they were so influenced by early Black Sabbath. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you know, with that, that groove riff and the head tuned down and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm kind of interested into like looking and uh, you know like the uh, some of the '80s Black Sabbath stuff, which I'm sure I'm not, <laughs> pretty sure I'm not going to like. Did you know Dan Spitz's brother was in a version of what? Uh, I, that sounds familiar. He was yeah. the bass player for one of the uh, Sabbath albums in the '80s, where they they look like they're all part. They look like they're guys from Winger. Where they're, they're dressed God. up, at. it was basically just Iomi and a bunch of other dudes. I was gonna yeah. say, is Iomi the only guy that's been in the band the entire time? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah. Geezer Butler left at some point too. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. to be fair to him, he did not want a lot of like like uh, uh, what's the uh, album with uh, Gillen? Uh, Born again, Born again. Yeah. Like like they didn't want that to be a Black Sabbath album. The record yeah, I, I remember that company. Yeah, said said to uh, uh, you had to do it that way. Which I feel like they should have said no. You know, whatever. I guess they had to do what they had to do. But um, there were there were some other albums with with Sabbath in the '80s where he was like, "I didn't want this to be a Sabbath album," and they, the record company was like, "You have to do it as a Sabbath album." Mm-hmm. So the record companies, I think, take a big uh, like a big responsibility and the tarnishing of the legacy of Sabbath. Mm-hmm. You know, with a lot of the stuff they got put out, I, I still. I still want to go listen to some of the stuff. The one singer that um, we haven't talked about who came after Ian Gillen. Do, does anybody know his name off the top of their heads? No. 
what era was that? I guess 80, was mid 80s? It would have been like 85 ish, I guess. Um, Tony Martin? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Tony that's Martin. Right. Yeah. Yep. I don't think I've heard any of his stuff um, with them. So I don't expect to be blown away, but. I guess he put out four albums with them. <laughs> Just to show you how, one, how, two, much three, this, <laughs> how much this band produced uh, over the years. Six? Six albums? Jeez. Oh, wow. wow. I remember I remember having I remember them being in the um, the Columbia House like the, their releases being in there. Uh-huh. In the Columbia House record uh, or tape exchange or whatever it was. Um, and we would be like, no. Yeah, Yeah. I think Headless Cross was one of those for sure. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Or maybe the eternal, the eternal idol one, and 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 maybe we're. I got tired. No, no, no. Yeah, anything else? Anything else? I got that album for free. It sucks. Does it? Tire the the eternal idol. I don't. I'm looking at that album cover right now. I don't think I've ever seen that album in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) It looks terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, how many albums do they have in total? It must be oh in, like near 20, right? So many. Mm. At least. Gosh. Anyway. We kind of got it off topic, but... Well, uh, they have 13, right? Isn't Wasn't the last album 13? They have 19, oh, yeah. but yeah, the last oh. album was 13. Oh. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, why is it... I guess they weren't counting some. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's... With, with, with Ozzy? Ozzy? No, because no. he left after the, what, well, seventh album? Seventh album? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, after the seventh. <laughs> Why is it called 13? Eight, eight. So he was only, I think because it came out in 2013. Yeah, oh, yeah probably so. Sense. Silly. That's man. a boring reason. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I, I think that is when it came out, so. It is. I like that album when it came According out. According to bassist Geezer Butler, the title 13 comes from the record company pressuring the band to write 13 songs, but they wanted to stop at 10. However, only eight tracks made the final cut. That's the stupidest. <laughs> That's <fucking> really dumb. That's <laughs> dumb. This band is full of bad decisions. Okay, so we've got two more clips. Um, both of them are from our episode where we talked about Rust in Peace with Justin. Uh, this first one is a, a story where uh, Justin had met Dave Mustaine a few times, and this this was one of the stories uh, where he met him uh, talking about a girl that was there, and it was her dying wish to have Dave Mustaine sign her diary. So, check it out. The, ne- the next time I met him, um, this girl was in line with me to go inside, and uh, we, were, we were VIP access. We were going to get pictures taken with Dave and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> she's like, I don't know what this is going to be like. I, ca- I can't wait to meet him. I want him to sign my diary. And like her diary, she, he said she wanted him to sign the back of her diary. I'm like, what the fuck is that about? But we get inside and she's like, I've never been to a concert before in my life. And I'm like, what? She's like, I've never seen Megadeth before. I've never seen anybody before. I don't listen to heavy metal. She's like totally <laughs> she lives on a commune. She spent like all of her <laughs> life savings to get this VIP ticket and come get what? Dave Mustaine to sign the back of the diary. How did she, how did you hear about Dave Mustaine? I don't don't I don't know. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I would have been like, music. what? It, whoa, she must we, relate to his muse something in his music. Anyway, we get in there and I've got 
that guitar that was upstairs with me, I wanted to take it to Dave directly and say, Dave, because it's broken. And it came that way from Dean. And I was actually going to complain about the Dean Dave Mustaine guitar being broken <laughs> to Dave himself and be like, tell them to fix this fucking thing for me. They won't do anything. <laughs> and because he had just complained about some tuxedo shop, not having his tuxedo ready and nobody should shop there. And I'm like, all right, well, then you understand how this works. Customer service. <laughs> Let's take this Dean guitar to you and see what you think. But his bodyguards wouldn't let me take the guitar with me. They took oh. it and kept it outside. And he said, no, he's not doing anything else but taking the picture and blah, blah, blah. Right. Then the girl, she's going in and uh, they take her diary and said, nope, he's not doing anything. Just taking a picture. So she couldn't get her diary signed by him. <laughs> what? <laughs> she's got a picture with the whole band, his arms around him and everything. But she can't get the signature in her diary, which is the whole reason she was there. So then we walk out of there and we now we have early entry into the concert. And she's like, well, I guess I'm going home now. What? You're not going to stay here for this concert? She's <laughs> like, I can't. I don't want to stand out there all night. And well, I'm like, look, oh I'll buy you a, one of the $20 uh, reserved seats and we'll go sit and watch. Yeah, just sit up in the we'll balcony. The balcony. Yeah, so I took her up there and we're watching and she's like, loved it. She left somewhere towards the end of the show and gave uh, she texted me or something before she left. And then the next day I'm like working and she texts me and says, thanks for everything you did last night. Um, Cause I bought her food too. Cause she had no money. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, um, I didn't want to tell you and bring you down at the time, but I'm dying of cancer. And oh this God. was the reason why I wanted him to sign the last page, like the final note of her diary. Oh, my God. And believe it or not, that knocked down my respect for Dave, like a huge notch, because I know that the reason he wouldn't do anything is because he doesn't want to be bothered. Well, he didn't know, right? No, he didn't know. But yeah. he knows that he told his people to not do anything else. And it's just like this. Yeah. He, Time with this. There's more to the time story with the CD too, but I don't want to tell that story. But that was a fucked up, a whole fucked up ordeal, and I felt horrible for that girl. And I felt like the next time I see Dave, I'm going to tell him what happened. <laughs> like, yeah. For some reason, I just keep thinking I can tell this guy anything. <laughs> like he's not going to be like, get the fuck out of here. You know, this woman is probably dead now. And she is dead. She wanted, yeah. she wanted you to sign something, and you didn't. Yeah. How do you make? How does that make you feel? It fixed like, my oh. Dean guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, God, that is Dean the, guitar, and they won't do anything about if it. If one of my, if 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 I'm in, you know, I don't want to make light of that situation, but oh, I'm that's fine. It. I don't know. Uh, if uh, <laughs> if one of my dying wishes was for Dave Mustaine to do anything for me, I would just. Say, well, I should just kill myself. Yeah. Because that's stupid. <laughs> what, do I, what do I fucking care about that guy? <laughs> right. I don't know what, why, what. I have a feeling I'm supposed to know that there's one song or something that she, that she related to so much. And I can't remember what it was or why. But mm. sorry. It was probably, <laughs> liar. probably an interesting part of the story <laughs> that I left. I think it was a liar because she was full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and she got a free dinner out of you. Yeah. And free yeah. 
Okay, so as I mentioned before, this last clip is also from the episode where we discussed Rust in Peace. Uh, this last clip is basically about the song Five Magics and the lyrics, specifically how on the remaster the lyrics are actually different. At least a couple of the lyrics are a little different. So check it out. Enjoy. If you go back to the original, like the, the first part of the, uh, or the, you know, like the main verse the, in the beginning, mm-hmm. the lyrics are different. They are? Yeah, really? Never noticed. I'm I'm pretty sure because I've heard the original so many times that I was singing along to the the new one. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what? (laughs) what? There, it's like the it's like the pronoun is different. It's it's something stupid, right? Okay. That's the original, right? Yeah. No, this is the new one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then no, he's wrong. (laughs) I'm singing it in my head and I'm like, oh. Did he say Bestelopami magic instead of Bestelopami knowledge? It should be knowledge and not. It should be Bestow, bestow upon me knowledge, wizard, all knowing, all wise. And he says in the new one, Bestow upon me yeah, magic. It, it's true. And there's another, there's another in, this, in the next part, there's another uh, thing that he says wrong. And I can't remember right now, but. Wow. Somebody's Except, had a bit too much so, to drink. <laughs> And it and it's Tim. <laughs> no, go if what? <laughs> can you go back to that uh, part, Eric? It was like I, f- I forget what Tim said it was. It's not now that once defiled. That's right. I've never read these lyrics. <laughs> never read this? No, I, maybe not for 30 years. I probably did when it first came out. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So did you say the wrong one is knowledge? It's the first, very first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the lyrics say knowledge. Yeah, that's right. What it should be. Yeah. He the says magic. On, on the remaster, he says magic. There's there's yes. another there's another lyric oh, in wow. like it's like my or the he or something. He changes a pronoun something too. What's the next line after that? Next line is uh, dethrone the evil priests. Dethrone the evil prince's iron fists in velvet gloves of sin. Parade the gray robe monks. Just, <laughs> I just I just don't know how he messed his own lyrics. Like I don't know. It, Wheel the wyverns in. I feel like I feel. Will somebody please wheel the wyverns in? I've I've done. I did that already. (laughs) So I I just am frustrated that like it makes me think that I listened to that song more than Dave Mustaine actually did. He probably thought he was. I think that he used a different track from the original recording. Not. Yeah, he re-recorded. No, I don't think he re-recorded that. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't do any. Yeah, he, he had to have because it's a different. But there different, were multiple yeah. tracks taken. Lyric. You could find Capital lost the Capital lost the the vocals to some of those songs. Yeah, that's what I read. That they were just missing. They couldn't find them. Yeah, so that's a. I mean, however it is, I, I, you know, it's obviously a different vocal. Yeah, and it's not good. <laughs> it's not. All right, so that's it. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a kind of a fun little, you know, outtakes part two, just taking the bits and pieces of things that were left on the cutting room floor, so to speak. So, um, you know, we'll do this every year. Uh, we record multiple episodes every year and, and stuff gets left out. So, you know, I save them. So 
you, the listening audience, can get to hear them eventually. So uh, once again, don't forget, check out somewhereintimepodcast.com. Visit our YouTube channel. Uh, all of our episodes we do, minus this one, because it was kind of all over the place, but uh, most episodes we do are on YouTube as well. So if you want to watch the episode, uh, you can do that as well. Sometimes if there are video elements through the podcast, I'll throw those in on the YouTube uh, episode. So check that out uh, and uh, be on the lookout for, for new content coming soon. We're really excited. We've got some great episodes coming up celebrating 1991. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But in the meantime, I'll uh, talk to you guys later. All right. Bye. Energy, energy, aggression, power. To sum it up, it's a vulgar display of power. We say things to people that mean something. I mean, in our own little way. Ricky, quick. Will you try to think my puzzles? <laughs> the human element of making music is what's most important. Singing into a microphone and learning to play an instrument, that's the most important thing. Look out!